0: Greetings, my name is Dave.
1: And I'm Stacy.
0: Welcome to the Plants Change My Life podcast.
1: We are a husband and wife team living in Houston, arguably the barbecue capital of Texas, who share a passion for good food and holistic wellness. We are on a mission to inspire people to live their best lives through healthy food choices, one meal at a time. In this podcast, you will hear stories about how real people have experienced awesome changes by embracing a plant-based diet. Today, we're talking to a woman who actually became a vegetarian as a child. She's now a wife and mother who has connected to her authentic self and gained a new mission for life by changing to a vegan diet. And changing her diet has led to an entire lifestyle change for her whole family. You'll enjoy hearing her unique perspective and history with plant-based eating. So grab your tea and take a seat Here's her story. We are here with Bryony Sumner, editor-in-chief of veganpossum.com, a guide to everything vegan in Australia. She's also the host of the Everyday Vegan Mom podcast, which is dedicated to being a bridge to information and community in vegan parenting. She's lived most of her life as a vegetarian, but has more recently made the switch to a vegan lifestyle. I'm so excited to have her here right now to chat about how a plant-based diet has changed her life. Thank you for joining us joining us.
2: Well, thank you. It's great to be here.
1: I'm so excited that we got a chance to connect. Like...
2: It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited too. And it's um, such a long distance as well with the time difference. It's really great of you to stay up late for me.
1: Yes, and, and for you, like I'm, I feel like I'm talking to you in the future or something. Because so you're, you're you're on Monday already.
2: <laughs> Monday Tell me what it's fun. like. Yeah. <laughs> life is good. Monday morning. Life is good. The sun is shining. All right.
1: All right. I'm I'm glad to know we have to look forward to in the, in the, in the like half a day. Yeah. So tell me, so you're currently living in Australia. Tell me, like, that's so awesome. Like, what is the vegan lifestyle, the culture? What is that like there?
2: It's getting better. So I'm originally from the UK. You can probably tell from my accent I'm not a full Aussie. Um, But I am a citizen (laughs) now, so I'm an Australian citizen, and I've lived here for about 20 years. And when I first arrived in Australia, I was, as you said, I was just vegetarian. And um, so this was 20 years ago. And it was really quite hard. So Australia's got a real big meat culture and it's all about barbecues. The stereotypical Mm. Australian um, summer's day is, you know, barbecues and um, fishing and all that kind of thing. So when I first arrived, I'd go to family barbecues and it would just be salad. Salad and bread rolls. And I was eating cheese at the time. So cheese sandwiches, Mm -hmm. like really basic. Mm -hmm. There There was hardly anything. But fast forward to today, and there is not one thing you can't get that's um, that you miss out on a vegan diet. It's incredible, the variety.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You kinda, It kind of sounds like you're in Texas <laughs> with the meat culture. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, it is really meat-orientated. I, I, I've never been to the U.S., but that's the kind of mental picture I have of the Texans, yeah, that mm-hmm. everything goes on the barbecue. And there's – yeah. Yeah. Um there's a lot of cattle farms in Australia, and the dairy industry is massive, and it's um, a big part of society here. It's normalized hugely. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's awesome that you're becoming a part. You're a part of that community that is building, that's making a difference. You know, it's like one person at a time, slowly right. over time, will make a change.
2: Yeah, it feels like we're in this real kind of roller coaster at the moment. Like it's it seems to be picking up speed really quickly which is amazing I mean I only went vegan at the start of this year and in that short space of time that six months I've seen huge changes maybe because I'm noticing it more now as well being Mm -hmm. a plant-based family but the attitudes are changing and it's everybody now knows what it means whilst before the term wasn't fully known right apparently in Australia now there are two million vegans wow it's huge and there's, that's awesome. yeah it's, there's only 21 million people that live in Australia so mm-hmm. comparatively it's it's a massive percent of the population so yeah, it gives me hope for the future.
1: Yes. That's awesome. So I know you became vegetarian at a really young age and I was just so I think if if I remember correctly because I listened to a couple of your episodes of your the the everyday vegan mom podcast and I I believe you said you were about 11 Yeah. years old. Yeah. So what prompted you to make that switch at such a young age?
2: Well, from memory, I remember really clearly having a conversation on the phone with um, a school friend of mine about something that was on TV and it was a documentary about abattoirs or it it was a documentary that had abattoirs in and I'd never seen this before in my life. And I don't think before that point I'd ever made the connection of where food was coming from. I was always an animal lover and I never really thought, you know, thought past the plate and, and kind of delved into where the food came from and we we lived in a town and we weren't near any farms or anything like that so as soon as I made that connection it 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 was just unnatural for me I just couldn't eat meat anymore and my mum actually said I came home she remembers really clearly I came home from school one day and just said I'm not eating meat anymore and she thought here we go like this is just a kind of preteen fad and Mm -hmm. she thought my friends must have been vegetarian and she didn't think it would last but um yeah it did and this was back in the 90s, the early 90s. So there, there was hardly mm-hmm. any vegetarian options back then in the UK. So my poor mom had to come up with the first vegetarian recipes. Wow. <laughs> oh,
1: wow. It's so great that she was actually supportive of you and didn't say like, hey, I don't care yes. what you think. You're going to eat this. Eat what's on your plate. You um, know what I mean? Yeah so that's pretty I am cool blessed. my
2: parents are wonderful Um, they haven't followed me down the vegetarian or vegan path yet but i'm hoping they don't you know they mm-hmm. don't Um, they've definitely cut down their meat consumption but they were always 100 percent supportive and they used to come to um animal rights vigils with me when i was a young teenager and things like that so it was really lovely Aww, that's yeah, awesome we...
1: yeah i love that oh, support yeah, so do you have any siblings? Were they, was, was it just you like eating like vegetarian? Did you have any uh, siblings along have with you? I have an older
2: brother and uh, he's definitely not, never been interested in vegetarian or anything. We're so completely different. Um, yeah, uh-huh. And again, he's definitely not um, taken the vegan path yet. But I heard something recently from um, uh-huh. an animal rights activist who does a lot of outreach and they said, you know, outreach to as many people as possible, but just, don't even bother with your family because it's the hardest conversation to have and it can you know Mm -hmm. cause so Mm -hmm. many rifts right Um, Mm and yeah so I recently wrote a children's book and um in it in the dedication I you know I mentioned my parents and my brother so my parents showed the book to my brother and um I think his first reaction was it's a bit preachy (laughs) and and it's, it's in no oh, way preachy. It's wow. not preachy. And, um, and then, you know, he was, and then apparently they had the conversation, like he believes that, um, what humans are meant to eat meat because we have the, the canine teeth. That was one of the things he brought up. And it's mm-hmm. such like, mm-hmm. this, it's, it's just a ridiculous argument, but I have to, you know, you have to really tread lightly, don't you? Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. So what was it like growing up vegetarian? Like, um, like so did you i guess you would have to your mom would have to pack your school lunches and things like that and when you go to friends houses i mean i guess maybe it was slightly easier than being vegan at, you know as a child exactly
2: yeah heaps easy i mean it was pretty limited but i mean every family like would have all my friends would eat cheese sandwiches and eggs and things like that so i think like looking back i think um a vegetarian diet is it's not that much different to an omnivore diet mm-hmm, for, there are still quite you know a lot of options mm-hmm, there mm-hmm, that's true going yes since going vegan you notice a lot more um a lot more things that you know that, that you think are vegan there's a lot of hidden animal products when you, you kind of start delving. yeah so it's, it's a lot more tricky and even friends now who try and be supportive um, quite often don't buy vegan products, not realise at all that the product, you know, like things like chips, like bags of chips that have milk solids in or, you know, all these kind of things.
1: So what, so yeah. so you said you just recently, about six months or more, decided to um, switch
2: to a vegan lifestyle. What made you make that change? Oh, I've got um, activists to thank for that, I think. Kind of just... It's always been in my peripheral vision. I have, I've tried to go vegan a few times over the years and I just never stuck with it. And um, I just kept seeing the messages. You know, I don't know if you have it in the States, but here in Australia, some activists go around the streets with the stop signs, the big red stop signs, and underneath the stop signs, um, they stick stickers that say eating animals so when you're driving around it says stop eating animals and oh really so it's just tiny but you kind of see it and underneath there'll be one Mm -hmm. saying go vegan and just all these kind of small things and then the posts on facebook would always you know be there different activists different um videos and then of course the dominion movie came out Um, i didn't watch that but i you know i saw all the hype surrounding it and the the real defining moment for me was we were traveling down a highway, and we did a lot of traveling over the last couple of years with the kids, and we um, stopped at a rest stop, and it was a, just a giant car park, and it, it was after dark, and I hopped out of our um, our bus and went for a walk, and there was a a, a cow car, um, carrier right next to us, off a livestock truck right next to where we parked, and uh, it just hit me really hard but again, like the the amount of suffering that's going on and it is it's so kind of veiled and hidden and you you can really easily ignore it in your day-to-day life even if it's so strong to your values in our society it's so easy Mm -hmm. to ignore everything that goes on and this it was Mm -hmm. like this it was after dark these cows were just standing in this truck in the dark and the driver i don't know if he was checking on them or counting them but he was prodding them and he had absolutely no regard for their comfort or and they, they, you know they weren't they weren't animals to him and it just it was that moment it defined it and I just thought I'm not doing enough and, and you know like I was saying I used to go to a lot of activism and things when I was a teenager lots of vigils and things like that well I kind of just fell out of it over the years you know when you kind of just get on with life and things get busy and Mm -hmm. things fall by the wayside and unfortunately for me my animal activism fell by the wayside and it just hit me really hard and I think especially having young children you become a lot more aware of your conscience and the values that you hold and Mm -hmm. children really reflect yourself back at you don't they
1: Mm -hmm. yes
2: and (laughs) the things they say and the things they do and you realize it's a huge responsibility and if you're not living to your values then I just don't think it's a, a, a good message to be sending to your kids as they're growing mm-hmm. up. So all these different things were happening at once and I just um again I googled how to end animal export because Australia is just absolutely despicable for live export. The things that the Australian government does with live export is just horrifying. And um so I thought that was a good place to start to to get onto the live export campaign. And from that it was just an avalanche and I got onto a few newsletters and then found me more about being vegan, and I joined the a couple of challenges. There's um, Challenge 22 and Veg-January. I think they're, they're both in the oh, States okay. as well. Mm-hmm. Are, they, are they in the States? Are,
1: mm-hmm. I'm familiar with the Veg-January. Veg- Is it Veg-January? I've vegan- heard of vegan- that before. No, I'm sorry, Veg-January.
2: sorry veg january i do not even know how you I, say I it. I
1: will chop up a word. I'm probably chopping it up. <laughs> Not, but yeah, I know, it, I know exactly what you're talking about. I see, yeah. I want to say I might follow them on Twitter or something. So I see their messages.
2: Yeah, like it's just um, Veganuary, so I think it's called Veganuary. That's I mean, it, that's it. Yeah. That's it. yeah. <laughs> and then um, it starts, well, you can do it whenever you want, but they, they do a big promotion every um, January. So you join the challenge on the 1st of January and they help you get to vegan, being vegan. And you, I can't remember exactly how long. I mean, Challenge 22 is 22 days and they sent you different tips. And um, I joined both of those but after a couple of days, I was sold, I was done. And then I just needed that little push and that little bit of information. So, and I, I feel that, that is one of the best ways that we can um, outreach for the animals is by getting that information to the people that already believe it in themselves, which is a huge percentage of the population. There's a very few people that would advocate the amount of animal abuse that occurs in society, but they just don't know about it. Like mm-hmm. I said, it was veiled, it's so hidden.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. that that story about the cows um, I, I like that story. You were ap- actually able to to be close to the cows and to see them with your own eyes and to know that that w- just wasn't right you mm-hmm. know like you can't there's no way you can like look past that when it's right in front of no. you um, and I was vegetarian for many years before I became uh, vegan because I, I think Oh, gosh, it's I was vegetarian for like maybe 14 years before I became vegan. But I know that it wasn't until recently, like I always knew about the factory farming and how awful it is. But I never really knew the whole extent of how uh, the dairy industry, the modern dairy industry is awful in itself. You know, like I'm just now realizing how awful the dairy industry is. Like I knew that you know that the cows were um, were kept impregnated and that their udders like would be bruised and bleeding because they're always on these machines but i just recently realized Like it just, I guess being a mom, Mm. I'm just recently made that connection of while they're taking all this milk from the cows, the baby cows are like sent away from their Mm. moms, you know, like the moms have these babies taken from them, you know, routinely. And then I just saw that, you know, that the the male baby cows are like Mm -hmm. executed sometimes because they don't have any use for them. It was just like, oh, my gosh. It's horrifying. It's horrifying. (laughs) I think a lot of people are just not aware of exactly what goes on because the dairy industry paints this picture of these old-timey, old-fashioned farms where the farmer is mm. petting the cow and milking the cow in a stool. Know you exactly know what I mean? mean? So, mm-hmm. so I mean, I just I agree with you in that it's a lot of it is just um, lack of awareness.
2: Yeah. Or, or like kind of sticking heads in sand, like people don't want to know because they know that it will force a change in their life and at the moment mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the same in America yeah. but here the vegans are definitely vilified I mean, it is getting better but vegans have such a negative press in the media we're mm-hmm. portrayed as, as just not nice people <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, it's been yeah, really important in yeah. the grassroots kind of um, area of the movement that vegans are just in the community just generally being nice about it and not trying to you know not being, I think people have learned that kind of going into the restaurants and getting into people's faces, it's not working. It's pushing people away. So you know, it's just going to like school bake sales and taking vegan cakes and talking about it in kids' classrooms and take you know going taking children to animal sanctuaries and starting the conversations in those kind of areas. And it's it, yeah, it's it's been very valuable. Not that I'm saying, I and mean, we still need, we definitely still need the direct activism and those, you know, the revealing the truth in the harshest way possible because it is harsh and there's no, there's no sugar it's the things that go on are just not from stuff of nightmares.
1: Right, but it is. But people it do is. tend
2: to get um, immunised to it. If they see these images too much, they switch off and they disconnect again. Mm-hmm. So it's really important mm-hmm. to kind of go at it from all different directions just to keep right. it at the forefront of people's minds
1: right yep mm-hmm. that's so true in a lot of different directions like multifaceted, because what moves one person to take the step might not move somebody else you know exactly people have their own different reasons for becoming plant-based and there's a lot of good reasons but mm-hmm. certain reasons will move other people but it won't move somebody else so that's
2: right and i'm a strong believer that if you can change someone's actions you can then change their beliefs So if someone wants to lose weight or if someone's got a particular health issue but they have absolutely no um, care factor about the animals, if you can get them plant-based for themselves, for that health Mm -hmm. issue, and they see the changes and they can influence someone else to get plant-based, I believe that once Mm -hmm. they've been plant-based and once they start accepting this as a lifestyle and seeing the benefits across the community, then their beliefs will start to change and they will start to look at the whole situation in a different light. Um, And I've seen it happen Mm -hmm. when people start to eat plant-based and kind of just skirt on the outskirts of the vegan community and just see that it generally is just a portion of the society trying to live a more compassionate life. But vegans aren't here to bully anyone or change anyone or force their opinions on anyone. We're just here to make a better world for everyone that lives here, not just the humans. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not I can't see, I haven't seen one thing yet about being vegan or plant-based that is negative and that has a negative effect on anyone or anything.
1: So what, um, can you talk about some of the, because I know like, you've been plant-based pretty much all your life. Making that switch to a vegan lifestyle has been something pretty recent. What are some of the positive impacts that this move uh, has made, that you've made? How, how has it positively made a big change uh, in your life?
2: I think um, it's really strengthened my values like i'm i feel like i'm now living more to what i believe if that makes sense like uh, on a spiritual level you know like it's something that i've always wanted to do and i think it's always been my path so now i actually feel like i'm following something that's been true to me for a long time Mm -hmm. and i also feel really confident that it's the best way to raise children like it's it's the healthiest way, and I'm glad that from a young age that we're not lying to them about where food comes from. Comes from, mm-hmm. and we're not bringing them up in that kind of environment where they're going to get maybe to the age of a teenager and go, "Hey, hang on, we've been lied to. Like, this is not, this isn't right." You know that kind of wake up moment that we would have had it right. when we realised. And then I just, one of my probably my most favourite thing about being plant based is the people that I've met and the community that I've discovered in the vegan community.
1: Yes, that is one of the, the great things about it. There's so many, like like with us doing this podcast, we get to hear like all these different stories uh-huh. and like these people, they're all very different, but they're all kind of united around the same thing, you know?
2: Mm. Well, it's, it's been amazing. And doing the podcast as well, yeah, I've met all kinds of people that I would never have come across in day-to-day life previously. And there's a real feeling mm-hmm. of solidarity and, and just wanting a better future and just, yeah, I think in general people that turn to a plant-based lifestyle really are like a, a, a deep they have a deeper connection to not just themselves but the community and the the global community the earth itself wanting to protect that future for our children like it's just a huge thing
1: so what are some of the biggest challenges that you and your family faced in making the transition from a from your past diet to like veganism? Was it did, was it difficult like for your kids to give up certain things that they were used to having?
2: Not really. No. Well, just because they're so young, they're, they're only um, they were four and three when when we went plant based. So for them, they they just kind of eat whatever we give. They just follow our lead. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, yeah. No, it's been good. The only things that we struggled with with the kids is when we're hanging out with non plant based friends and they um they're giving their kids ice cream just you know off the cart or um, lollies with gelatin in them and things like that and we have to say no to the kids but i've I've become used to that now and i'm always prepared with emergency sweets and things in (laughs) my bag um, Mm and you know with them out Mm -hmm. so they never have to feel like they're missing out because that was the last thing i wanted i never want them to feel like they're missing out because of their plant-based diet i always want them to feel like enriched like they're getting the better deal out of everything Mm -hmm. um and i think just I think family and close friends being not plant based has been a big struggle for me because you know, when you, that light bulb, you have that light bulb moment and you find all this scientific evidence and you read everything and you know it's the right thing to do and medically it's the best thing and for everyone's health. And you just want, you show all the evidence to all your friends and family and you just kind of expect that light bulb moment to happen and mm-hmm. then it doesn't and mm-hmm. it kind of throws you a bit off yeah off kilter and it's that's really that was really hard for me so I've kind of learned that lesson now um but other than that it's been it's been really yeah it's been really simple I think because of the options that are available mm-hmm. the other main thing I have struggled with though is um is having a bit of a, a confidence deficiency <laughs> over nutrients mm-hmm. so I said this in one of my podcasts. like it's I don't think we have any nutrient deficiencies it's just a confidence deficiency in myself like mm-hmm. i always stress out that i'm not getting everything in the diet that i need to be for them because i'm mm-hmm. not a, you know i've never studied nutrition but of course this wasn't ever a, a concern for me before we went vegan so it really shouldn't be now if that makes sense mm-hmm. i never worried about all the things or like omega 3s and vitamin b12 and vitamin d and all the things that, that I know they're getting now they eat mm-hmm. much better now than they did before but there's still there's always that niggling doubt in the back of my right. mind you know yeah. that, that, that's something I struggle with personally and that's just because of the wider community and the marketing that we're getting daily I mean there's adverts on TV here in Australia of kids eating meat um, even the you know processed ham and things like that um, and it's just marketed as the healthy option and mm-hmm. you need this two, three times a week and still a lot of the general practitioners here um, advocate lots of meat and dairy and diets and they will um, recommend that you have dairy you know twice a day and even in my kids school there's a big poster on the wall with a bottle of milk and a big green tick saying this is Mm -hmm. what you should be drinking so that kind of thing like that push pull thing with me because I've always trusted big institutions I trust the schools Mm -hmm. um, and doctors so I've had to really relearn all that
1: Mm -hmm. so how is it um, navigating like your kids going to school and going to like friends houses Um, are you do you pack their lunch like when they go to school to make sure they're getting what they need to eat
2: yeah well um, with them still being so young we haven't had them invited over to friends houses without us there so that's not been a challenge yet like we're always together so we always take food we've also made some really great vegan friends so we tend to hang out with them a lot Um, and at school we we pack all their food so it's not catered so that's also not a problem and I think it's a lot it's been made a lot easier with the amount of different um food intolerances that are general in like in the population now like there's probably Mm -hmm. there's probably five or six children in my son's class who who can't have certain foods so there's gluten intolerant there's um peanut allergies there's chickpea allergies you know there's four or five different ones there's lactose intolerance. there's one of the vegetarian so it's not like that my son is my sons are the only boys that eat differently like each child has got very particular there's many children with really particular dietary needs so it's not like they're the odd ones out having you know different food I suppose and they always go the extra mile to make sure that their food looks absolutely yummy you know so that there is there isn't that kind of the other kids will be like "Ooh, what's that you know it's not it's just <laughs> beautiful and colorful and yeah I and mean, we, we we use the um we use the replacement things as well so we use the um the coconut cheese and the coconut yogurt and things like that so really that like the food looks kind of for want of a better word normal like there's nothing different looking about it so we I think we might kind of bang heads over this as they get older, maybe, um, when, they, when they when they maybe are going to the school canteen and stuff. But hopefully, by that point, they'll have all the information that we have and they'll make that, those decisions based on that and not from what the other kids are doing. And hopefully, they'll be able to educate the other kids in a better way. But we'll see. Yeah, I think that's a little bit down the track.
1: Yeah, you guys have some time for that. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> so, people often wonder, what in the world do vegans eat? Like So, can you tell us, like, what, what do your daily meals look like now?
2: Well, um, we're not super exciting, but <laughs> <laughs> they kind of, we, I do use a lot of replacements. Um, I'm not an amazing cook. Um, my husband's a chef, so he's always done the cooking, but now he is working quite a few nights, so I'm trying to get better. Um, so I've been getting a lot of cookbooks out, and so I've been doing different kind of things in the evenings i've been playing around making kind of veganizing more traditional dishes like i made a cheese and broccoli pie yesterday um I mm-hmm. do a lot of pasta like dough balls and curries as well i'm trying to get the boys to like their curries a bit more um mm-hmm. i do we, we do the kind of standard spaghetti with the um mince you know the, the plant-based minces we have burger nights mm-hmm. and hot dog nights too it kind mm-hmm. of we do um quite a bit of vegan junk food on the weekends our local pizza places mm. have all got vegan pizzas now so that makes it really unhealthy for us <laughs>
1: um well it's awesome that you can still go out for pizza it's so
2: good it's amazing um and breakfast we tend just to do breakfast cereal you know different spreads on toast like we're, we're not very excited enough. one of my favorite things is scrambled tofu i love scrambled tofu but we don't have that mm. every morning because we never have enough time and um, and then mm. yeah lunches were kind of they don't eat a lot during the day. They're always too busy. It's, I kind of have to chase them around with food. But um, We have a lot of just, you know, <laughs> fruit salads. And depending on the time of year as well, because it does get hot here in summer, they'll just kind of drink smoothies. And I try and cram all the um, hidden things in there, like the chia seeds and um, mm-hmm, bits, tiny bits mm-hmm. of spirulina and things like that, you know, just to boost them up a mm-hmm. bit. But we drink a lot of plant-based mm-hmm. milks. Um, the boys like oat milk. And I always buy the calcium fortified soy milk, so... We do a lot with those as well. I can make white sauces for mm-hmm. pasta and we use a lot of nutrient in cooking as well, nutritional yeast. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, <laughs> so much. And I eat, we've just only recently discovered TVP, the textured vegetable protein, and it's just life changing. <laughs> it's so cheap and so simple. Mm-hmm. So we kind of make a lot of things with that as well um, pies and pastas and all kinds of things. Shepherd's pie is a big favourite. So yeah, I th- I think we mm-hmm. kind of eat similar to how we ate before, but we just right. kind of substitute ingredients. Yeah, yeah. And it's awesome that
1: you you and your husband are both in the kitchen, like taking turns and making things. Yeah.
2: He goes in there for about five minutes, and there's a masterpiece on the kitchen table. I'm in there for about five um, awesome. five hours. Everything <laughs> in the kitchen has been used. It's a, just a war zone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know. I understand. Yeah, I'm
2: getting there. i there. yes. There's some great cookbooks out there. I just found one called Mouthwatering Vegan, and everything. It's by Miriam Sorrell. Uh, Sorrell. And everything in there that I've tried has turned out perfectly. So it's it's a winner. It's a really yeah. It's a good one. I'm gonna have yeah, to look for that one. I
1: love oh, cookbooks too. There's another one, too. There's an
2: Australian one, um, in Melbourne there's a um, a deli, a vegan deli that's just an icon, and they've done um, a cookbook called Vegan Eat it's smith and delicious mm-hmm. and again like the recipes in there are just they're just great they're so like simple but absolutely delicious so yeah I'll send you the I'll send you the two cookbooks yes. that I'm using right now and I'm having some wins
1: yeah that would be great yes I love simple yes. stuff that because sometimes you'll get a cookbook and it's like what is I don't know I have to go <laughs> like to another country to get that ingredient like too it's much, just yeah. too much <laughs> So, tell me, what advice would you have for someone who's thinking about going vegan or maybe uh, is along the journey but maybe feeling a little bit discouraged? Like, what, what would I you just say, say to just them?
2: Keep listening to your values and remember why you're doing it and just keep reminding yourself of that because it's easy to lose sight of the journey. And um, just finding community is one of the best ways I found to. Um, to make the journey easier because the people that I've met in, just in Facebook groups mainly, um, and YouTube channels, you know, um, listening to podcasts and just feeling part of that community and then reaching out if you need help, if you're struggling with something, there's definitely gonna be someone that struggled before you and they will have the best advice. And um, I think no matter what stage of being vegan you're at, it's always really valuable to do things like the Challenge 22 and the Vegan Veganuary however we decided we say it, um, because it mm-hmm. kind of reinforces mm-hmm. you what you're doing. And they're always coming up with new recipes and new ideas and new information and things like that. So um, that's another really great thing. If you're kind of losing speed with the vegan journey, join the challenge again and just remember yeah, why you started and get some more tips along the way.
1: That's awesome. So you mentioned um, those two challenges that were great resources and um like the facebook groups and uh, are there any other like what are do you have any other favorite like inspirational resources that you kind of go to Your go-to things to get inspiration
2: well i um the animals always inspire me just how incredible yeah because i i'm vegan for the animals first and foremost Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um I volunteer at an animal sanctuary here and I'd recommend that to anybody if if you have the opportunity and the possibility you know the possibility in your life to do that and um, mm-hmm. it is so beneficial because it gets you out of your head as well there with the animals and they can teach us so much and just being able to give back to them um has been a huge thing for mm-hmm. me and it's it's helped me meet heaps of like-minded people too on the same journey in real life because you can spend so much time in front of your screen and it can become a bit mm-hmm. overwhelming, and it's not a good space to be in so much. But when you're out and about with animals, I mean, even if you don't have the opportunity for a farm sanctuary, even just um, at the local pound, you know, taking the dogs for a walk or finding small ways to be with animals, if you have a pet, taking your dog for a walk, that kind, of, being in that space, I think, is mm-hmm. hugely um, beneficial because it does get it gets mm-hmm. you out of that um, that overwhelm. And animals have so much power. Like they are so influential, and they can teach us so much mm-hmm. about what it what it means to be human. I think.
1: I like the animal sanctuary um, idea. Yeah. Um, that's something that I will I've been wanting to do with the girls to take them to get out there and just to be connected. Because yeah. um, I have a I have an uncle that has a farm, uh, and I just remember. I've never been so close to the cows before until I went mm-hmm. to his farm. He's not vegan, but I'm just like... Because I don't understand how you raise cows and then get like, sell them and get rid of them without being attached uh-huh. to them, but it was just nice to be able to go out there and feed the cows and just to see them in person. So, yeah, I think the animal sanctuary thing is a great idea it's been
2: really helpful for me and it's so good to actually have something tangible have a tangible way to help because for all the outreach that you do and for all the education and the online work you you can't you don't know what kind of effect you're having whilst when you go out to help an animal directly whether it be at the and getting involved in animal rescue or just helping out the animal sanctuary feeding the animals you can kind of see instant results and they're so instantly gratified you know they're eating the food and they're happy and well and and that's really yeah that's really Mm -hmm. good for yourself as well for the well-being because i think keeping your mental mental emotional well-being is really important to look after when you're vegan because the messages can get super overwhelming
1: so you have tell us a little bit about the everyday vegan mom podcast which i think is a great resource i really love the, the the spin um because it's relatable
2: you know thank you yeah so I was looking for ways to um to start to be doing something and you know when you feel helpless and Mm -hmm. like you I've got two small children so it's really hard to get out and and do the demos and we we don't live close to a you know a major city to get involved in a lot of the activism the direct actions and things that go on and I was really looking for something you know when you I wanted to do something and so it the idea just kind of came to me through the blog, so I started a vegan blog. Originally, I was a travel well, I am a travel blogger. I have a family travel blog, and um, then from the experience of learning how to do that and start a website and write about travel, I transferred the knowledge to start my vegan blog. And then I found myself really time poor, and I listened to a lot of Pat Flynn podcasts. Are you familiar with Pat Flynn? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, I love, mm-hmm. I just love. His, I just love what he does on, on mentoring and business things. So, I am. Um, I listen to him a lot, and he talks about podcasting and how you know it's the kind of the new blogging. And I just thought it like a little a bell went off, and I thought, oh, this is great. This is a way that I can use the time that I have most efficiently because I can have a half an hour phone call once a week and upload it, and there's the content, and it doesn't need a four or five our blog posts Mm -hmm. you know for me to kind of create that because that takes me a long time I find to write something Mm -hmm. it takes me a lot longer whilst the conversation is instant and you can ask the questions and you know I just I just love um this this kind of medium now and that's where it came from so Mm -hmm. and then and it I just thought I'd give it a go and see how it went and I'm meeting such wonderful people and having the best conversations that it's um episode 20 next week so it's been yeah it's fine by awesome
1: that's
2: awesome yeah, the original idea behind it as well was I actually searched for podcasts on vegan parenting and I couldn't really find anything. Um, a couple came up that were vegan mums talking about plant-based diets, but it was more about um, the benefits of plant-based diets as opposed mm-hmm. to how, you know, how it feels to raise vegan kids in those specific struggles. So I saw a gap and I thought I'd just jump in and try and fill it. And yeah, so far it's been great.
1: Yes, that's awesome. Because I too, I I, until I saw your podcast, I there wasn't really, I I hadn't really seen a whole lot. So you really have like stepped into an area that is not really, there's not really much out there, you know, when it comes to vegan parenting, especially with Mm -hmm. moms. Vegan parenting
2: Um, has such a bad name as well. Like if you Google vegan parenting, excuse me, here in Australia, it all comes up is negative press articles Mm -hmm. all negative Mm -hmm. so i'm trying to kind of every article that i write is strong on the vegan parenting keywords i throw you know as many in as possible just to try and Mm -hmm. book the trend and you know we need to Mm -hmm. we need to dislodge all those articles out of google because it's it was one incident that happened last year i think and um it wasn't a vegan parenting issue it was a neglect issue that this poor child was neglected, but the media got onto it and blamed um, a vegan diet, which it was so far from the truth. And mm-hmm. so now this is all that comes up, this fake news story. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we need to kind of get as much out there from the positive side of vegan parenting as possible. Because if I was a parent who wasn't sure about whether I should go plant based and I Googled vegan parenting and all that came up, that would switch me off. If I didn't, Mm -hmm. if I didn't know what I knew. So yeah, I'm trying to kind of, yeah, turn that on its head a little bit. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think those stories, um, it's like people like, to, they gravitate towards stuff that's just extreme mm-hmm. and they think that veganism is extreme. Because yes. I know exactly what you're talking about when you do those searches and these stories come up and it's like horrifying mm. about neglect and malnutrition and children dying. And it's just like, really? Mm-hmm. Now that's super, super extreme. That has nothing to do with veganism. That's just people being crazy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So... Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what's the next big thing you hope to accomplish? Like you, you've launched this great podcast yes. and um, you've you've been in this, walking this vegan lifestyle journey for almost a year now. So what else is on your horizon? Oh,
2: just so much. Well, it's all these, I have so many projects, but I just, it's time, isn't it? Again, it's finding the time. So I've got to figure out which, mm-hmm. you know, with, without compromising that family time, I've got to figure out which ones I can actually make happen but um so I wrote the children's Mm -hmm. book um and I haven't done anything to promote that so it's called Eating Animals is Weird and it's aimed at kind Ah. of the um three years and up probably to about 10 or 11 years old um and it's just it's kind Mm of um it's just a fun rhyming book about how weird it is to eat animals and it's just I just wrote it Mm -hmm. because I couldn't find any um kind of silly and humorous books about veganism for young kids Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so um yeah if you want to have a look it's eatinganimalsisweird.org that's the website for the book um so I need to do something to promote that because I kind of wrote it published it and I haven't actually promoted it at all yet so it's not really out there so I want to get that out there and I just need to figure out how to do that um and yeah I just need to keep going with the podcast and I'm really hoping um later this year to Uh, launch the Launceston vegan tours like a vegan walking tour of our hometown oh that's cool yeah so it's there's not many there's a few happening in Melbourne which is like our closest major city and where we live it's an island Mm -hmm. and just off the south coast of Australia and um, there's so many there's such a great vegan community here in Launceston and millions of tourists come through Tasmania Mm -hmm. each year so with that, you know, what I was saying earlier about the percentage of Australians being vegan and the amount of international tourists we get too. And mm-hmm. um, we want to really showcase Launceston as a brilliant place for vegans and Tasmania in general as well and really just promote it. So
0: yeah. we really
2: want to get that off. That would be awesome. For the year. Yeah, so, yeah. And again, it's just, it's just to kind of present solidarity with the movement and just to put, it, put veganism forefront. So it will just be another aspect. So every way that people look, they will see something plant-based and that's because that was such a big thing for me going vegan I want to keep that going keep that ball rolling and just have veganism pop up everywhere people look so they just can't ignore it anymore
1: yes yes Mm, that's That's awesome yes (laughs) (laughs) so is there anything else that we haven't talked about that I have that maybe I've forgotten to mention or that you would like to talk about
2: I don't think so. No, I think we've covered it. I think I've talked your ear off for long enough.
1: (laughs) Okay. So can you just tell people how they can connect with you and learn more about your mission and everything that you're doing?
2: Yeah, sure. So the podcast is the Everyday Vegan Mum podcast, uh, everydayveganmum.com. My blog is veganpossum.com. And yeah, the book is at eatinganimalsisweird.org. They all actually lead back to Vegan Possum because I've just got the one kind of um, website there. But all the episodes are on there. Information about the book. And oh, I'm on Instagram as well at vegan_possum and I have a Facebook page, and I also have a group that's just started for plant-based parents. It's the Everyday Vegan Mom Group on Facebook.
1: Awesome. I just I just love everything that you're doing. I just love you and everything you. that you're doing. I'm so glad we got a chance to connect. Like, this is awesome. pretty awesome.
2: Yeah. I think it's wonderful what you guys are doing as well. Thank it's you. the same mission, right? Yeah. It's
1: just the same. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can it's stay wonderful. in touch because I just, you know. I just want to thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule because I know that you have a million and one things going on (laughs) and a a million and one things on your to-do list. But I appreciate you just sitting down and talking with us today and sharing your story. It was pretty awesome, for and I hope I know that other people will be so inspired just to hear hear your story and everything that you're doing so
2: thank you again No, oh, you're wonderful thank you. you have to come on the everyday vegan mom podcast i would one love day. to i would love It'd to be so cool. yeah i'll
1: <laughs> we'll keep this keep this going
2: <laughs> absolutely yeah done
0: We want to thank Bryony again for taking the time to speak with us. Uh, Such an amazing story of transition and passion um, about the things you believe in. Thank you. Thank you. So now it's time for the food of the show. And today's food is lentils.
1: This is an item we love to keep in our pantry.
0: The lentil plant originates from Asia and North Africa and is one of the oldest sources of food. These tiny disc-shaped legumes are power-packed with big nutritional value. They are low cost, low in fat, quick and easy to prepare and come in so many varieties it's almost impossible to ever get bored with them. Lentils are an excellent source of folate, manganese, and fiber. They are made up of 25% protein and they're also rich in iron. Lentils are packed with B vitamins, manganese, zinc, and potassium. You can make chili, soups, stews, curries, casseroles, veggie burgers, sloppy joes, veggie meatloaf, salads, And we've even had lentil pasta and lentil chips made from the flour of these legumes, a delicious gluten-free alternative to the traditional wheat flour.
1: Now it's time for today's plant-based news and notes. Cheese Lovers Rejoice, the California-based Miyoko's Creamery is expanding to Australia. Australian shoppers can now purchase classic vegan cream cheese and cheese wheels via Woolworth's Grocery Stores. European-style cultured vegan butter is also among the offerings. Also, in the U.S. in early 2020, the vegan brand will launch a variety of new products, including the world's first spreadable cultured vegan oat-based butter and nut-free cheeses available in shreds, slices, or blocks. Isn't it cool how creative you can get with food?
0: Definitely, definitely.
1: And in a testimony to how plant-based eating continues to go mainstream, the Domino's pizza chain has added four new vegan pizzas to its menus across Australia. Now, customers can grab plant-based versions of the Hawaiian ham and cheese supreme and pepperoni pizza pies. Now, unfortunately, with this news comes another headline about the company. Domino's forced to apologize after serving ham pizza to a vegan. Now, the Sydney man says he felt sick to his stomach after realizing he had consumed a pizza made with actual ham and not the vegan version of it. He says his first bite was suspicious, and he asked about the ingredient, but says the staff at the restaurant repeatedly reassured him that the meat on the pizza was plant-based ham. So, he ate it. But he later saw photos of the vegan pizza and realized that it did not look like what he had been served. So, this is a cautionary tale for anyone dining in a non-vegan restaurant. Do your research, and most importantly, follow your instincts.
0: Yes, yes, and and be aware, um, and don't be scared to ask questions. Uh, a lot oftentimes you'll see different restaurants, and a lot of times now they have the restaurants that are um, like you, kind of like Subway, where they order step by step, and they're putting different pieces together on like a, there's like a sushi burrito place and a pizza place now that they do step by step and put ingredients on uh, whatever it is that they're making. And oftentimes those ingredients are mixed in with the meats are mixed in, um, not in the same bin, but like in the same areas that they're uh, that that the veggies are. are And uh, therefore, a lot of times the meats will get into the veggies and things like that. So you have to be careful that the company you're going to is careful about those things. So and they actually care about those things.
1: And sometimes you feel like you have to be an investigative vegan, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's worth it. Uh, You don't want to be the mean vegan that's critical of everything, but you also have to be make sure that you're doing the proper stuff for your own body. So
1: now back to more good news. 14 of the world's biggest cities have pledged to reduce the amount of meat served in public buildings. It's an effort to tackle the climate change crisis and help save the planet. The seat 40 Good Food Cities Declaration affirms a commitment to working with citizens to achieve the planetary health diet, emphasizing nutritious, organic, plant-based meals with minimal processing. This is all according to livekindly.com. It was signed in Copenhagen at a climate summit attended by more than 50 mayors from the world's largest cities. The signatories included Copenhagen, of course, Guadalajara, Lima, Barcelona, Los Angeles, Milan, Oslo, Paris, Quezon City, Seoul, Stockholm, London, Tokyo, and Toronto. Thank you for listening to the Plants to Change My Life podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend, subscribe wherever you listen, and leave us a comment. Also, if you or someone you know has a story to share, please get in touch with us at stories at PlantsChangeMyLife.com. You can follow us at Plants Change My Life on Instagram and Facebook.
0: And head on over to PlantsChangemyLife.com for additional information about the show and the resources mentioned. We also have Plants Change My Life t shirts that you can purchase to support our mission. Respect and always remember when you eat good, you reap good. Peace. Plants Change My Life. Plants Change My Life. Plants Change My Life.